This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another World of UX podcast. This is your host, Darren Hood. Very happy that you joined me on today, taking time out of your schedule. We do greatly appreciate you. And we're going to continue in the series that we've been covering called, So, You Want to Be a UXer? Well, we've been talking about different elements in play, different things that need to be considered when a person has an interest in user experience and would like to embark upon a career in this discipline. We started off by talking about what we call hard truths with regard to the discipline because people have a a misconception. A lot of people do. And and that's not um, something that we would consider to be odd or awkward. There are many times that people have a conception about a particular discipline and they end up in many cases with a rude awakening. I don't want people to have a frame of mind that UX, uh, have a picture, I should say, in their mind of what UX is and then find out that it's something else. So we want people, if you're interested in UX, we want you to make sure that you have a sound, well-grounded, realistic perspective on what the discipline is about, which means that we have to properly define it. And we're going to be talking about that very soon as well, if not today. Uh, And we want to make sure that you know how long it takes. Uh, That's another one of the misconceptions, especially when you have people who are telling folks that they are leaders in the UX educational world. And they're telling people that, hey, you can learn how to be a UXer in six months. You can learn everything there is to know. No, you cannot. And those who have been doing UX for a long time didn't learn UX in six months. And you're not going to learn UX in six months. Nobody is. What happens a lot of times is people are sold on a concept associated with UX that is not UX. And they're taught that in six months. But that is not user experience. So uh, never believe that. If if somebody tells you you're going to learn UX in six months, That's not the case at all. At best, you're going to get some kind of a foundation. uh, But the mere fact that somebody has really painted an improper picture and really encouraged you to build a house on the sand, so to speak, instead of getting a proper foundation, yeah, going to be in trouble. I would not recommend going that route. You want to engage when it comes to education about UX. You want to engage with a resource that you can trust. You want to engage with a resource that's not going to rip you off. You want to engage with a resource that's going to help you to lay a foundation and give you information that will be sound and will not only help you to develop, but help you to be able to market yourself so that you can begin your career, uh, which is going to take some time also. That's might as well blow that up while we're talking about this from a recap perspective is that there are people that will say, hey, Come and learn UX from us. We guarantee you're going to get a job within X amount of time. There is no discipline in the world, pretty much, where somebody can guarantee you anything. There are so many variables and nobody can control all the variables. You can go to law school 
and you might not become a lawyer. You can go to med school and you might not become a doctor. You can go to culinary school and you're going to have a hard time potentially getting a job as a cook, depending upon what kind of cook you're trying to become. When somebody starts to sell you on a whole bunch of promises and they paint this pie in the sky picture, something is amiss. And that pie in the sky picture that people are are painting is really about not about helping you to develop. It's not about helping you to find a job. It's about helping them to get paid. It's about helping them to get their hands on your money. So that is misleading. It is unethical. It is improper. It is untrue. So what you can do, though, if you really want to be a UXer, is you want to make sure that you are are approaching things, again, with a realistic perspective, that you are learning about the discipline. And by the way, a little side note here, preparing for UX only differs when it comes to the things that you need to learn in comparison to other disciplines. Every discipline, we said this on a previous podcast, every discipline, especially a scientific discipline of which UX is one, Every scientific discipline requires that a person learn the building blocks and begin the process of building skill and knowledge. That's how you develop acumen. You you are presented with the basics. You learn about the principles. You spend time practicing what you have learned. You get feedback on what you have learned so that you know what you've done well and where you need to improve. And then you continue to repeat the process. So that's how we all got where we are today. All of us that have been practicing UX for X number of years, practicing of a truth, because yes, the UX world, this is one of the other problems that you have to deal with. If you want to be a UXer today, the UX world is flooded with individuals who really, uh, let's say they didn't do what I'm recommending that you do today. And and it's interesting when you see all of these people out there that claim to be UX professionals. And, you know, anybody can get a business card printed up, so to speak. I'm being a little facetious when I say that. In other words, anybody can stake a claim. Anybody can get hired at a company. Something else we've talked about on the previous podcast, the previous episode, is that because companies that do the hiring, many of them have very low UX maturity levels. They do not understand UX. They have people running their teams that don't understand UX. The company doesn't understand UX. The company doesn't trust in UX. The company doesn't buy into UX. And you're looking for a job. A lot of times when you're just looking for a job, you're not thinking about any of those things. And so if you get hired somewhere and you get a UX position, especially thing that's happening today that I'm trying to address here, when someone is not qualified and someone is willing to give them a UX job, are they going to say, you know what? I decided not to take that position. I'm not really qualified. Who's going to say that? Nobody is. So, I mean, they applied. So if if somebody applied for a job and you offer it to them, they're not going to turn around and back out and say that they're not qualified. They're, they're just going to continue to to move on. So this is pretty dangerous, actually, when you think about it. This is a bit of a problem for for the discipline. Uh, But again, if you are not qualified, but you apply and you get the job 
and this is happening a lot today where people are getting UX jobs that they do not qualify for. Now there's an issue. Okay, well, if the company doesn't understand UX and they've got three or four people in UX positions, are they going to say that, you know what? These people aren't qualified. What are we doing? No, they're not. They're going to run along and the HR people are going to go and try to fill more positions and do the same thing. They're just trying to fill positions. A lot of times, even recruiters, a lot of recruiters love them. God love them. And I know some great people in the recruiting industry. However, that doesn't mean if they're a good recruiter and they've been accomplishing quite a bit and they've been successful, that doesn't mean that they know what UX is. So, I mean, as a former UX manager, I had to deal with a lot of situations where recruiters were sending me candidates that were not qualified. It wasn't that they're bad at their job. It wasn't that they were being vindictive, nothing like that. They just didn't understand. So all these things said, if you want to be a UXer, you need to realize that the, the, the road to becoming a, a, an entry-level UXer, to becoming a successful UXer, the road to getting your first gig, the road to getting a new gig, the road to, to laying a foundation for uh, good years in the practice of the discipline, it's not paved with, uh, it's not a yellow brick road. Let's put it that way. And then again, maybe it is. Because at the end, for many people, you have the Wizard of Oz, somebody behind a curtain pulling strings and, and making things look like it's something that it's not. And so it's a bit of a challenge out there. So I don't want people to have these rose-colored glasses when it comes to UX. It is a fantastic discipline. It is a lot of fun. It's great to solve design problems. It's great to see designs come to fruition and to to generate wins for an organization and to generate wins for for the users and and, and to make improvements and and to conduct research and watch things get better and right before your eyes. Fantastic things happen when it comes to UX. But Again, it doesn't mean that it's without its challenges. It certainly is not something that always is what it appears to be. Uh, it is, you could get a UX job just to share some something I experienced in the past. I got a UX job once and the people in the interview, they talked about UX. Everybody, it was, it was I mean, it's a great looking environment and beware of fun environments so-called fun environments, uh, and I won't address that fully today, but just throwing it out there, because people who are good at what they do um, pretty much want to do what it is that they're good at, and and the satisfaction in the work that you do comes from what I just mentioned, bringing value. It comes from solving design problems. You have fun collaborating with teammates, and, and you want, I mean, we come to work to do work. Nobody plays us to come to work and play. And so those so-called fun environments, before you settle into something like that, you might want to really take a look and, 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 and examine what their work ethic is like. How, how does the team get things done? What are your processes? So you, when you want to be a UXer, you don't want to just run out. And although a lot of people do, and, and usually people aren't thinking about the things that I'm bringing up, but I'm hoping that somebody will at least consider it. 
when you're looking for a job, you want to have a better understanding of what you're about to get into from a work standpoint, not about how much fun you're about to have. So that's a warning. Uh, That's a, a warning sign. It is a red flag. I'm going to go to work and I'm going to apply my discipline. I am expected to come to work and apply my discipline and bring value. If you go to a job and you do not apply your discipline and you do not bring value, you will likely not have that job very long. This is simply the reality of the world. If somebody is not bringing value, why have them present? Nobody is looking to find people. Hey, find 10 people. We just want to give money away. They don't have to do anything. Just let them come sit here. Nobody's saying that. So this is work. This is work. I I told a story recently and I'll share it again. I remember when I was working for, I was working for Bosch. I will tell you who my employer was in this instance. I was working for Bosch. And when I was there, part of my, I was the manager of the UX department for the automotive aftermarket for Bosch. Huge company at the time, over 385,000 employees. I hear they're up to 420,000. Now, just just man, that's just huge to be a part of a of a of an organization like that is like is is just fantastic. It's really exciting. So I'm here and I'm doing the UX work. I'm the first UX person on that team in the United States, and so I'm basically building this department from the ground up. And long story short, I was also responsible for managing the UX maturity level, which we were extremely successful in doing that at that company. I did something that I've never heard anybody else talk about, but what I did was we had the UX maturity level for the organization, for our division rather, but I went beyond that. I also decided that it would be important to not only manage the UX maturity level for that division, I assigned UX maturity levels to stakeholders. I assigned UX maturity levels by project. So I got very granular with what I was doing. I told someone that I was working with about the effort. We were having a discussion at a, I was working at another company at this time. And I told him what I did. I told everybody, not just that individual, but somebody did have a really interesting comment. When I told them, I told them what I did. I told them what the what the work consisted of. I told them what the result was. And I told them that this is something that we should consider going forward and that the the return on investment for this work is just astronomical. And a person looked at me and he said, man, that sounds like a lot of work. That's why we're here. <laughs> we're here to work. And so that's just another aspect. If you want to be a UX professional, this is not for lazy people. We've been talking about personality traits. You can't be lazy and be a good UX professional. You can't be selfish and be a good UX professional. Be ready to do the work. Be ready to get into the weeds. You have to be detail-oriented. You have to be a, a person who is paying strict attention to detail because you don't want to miss anything. And a lot of times when you're working on your design projects, you're going to be focusing on micro experiences. So you can't just look at everything from a 5,000 foot view. You need to get very close because a lot of times it's those little things that get missed. 
that can easily make or break an experience. So therefore, we want to be attentive to those things. So if you're if you're not if you're lazy, uh, and if you are one of those people who really doesn't like dealing with detail, and there's a lot of microwavable mindsets today that people are opting into. You don't want to have that microwavable mindset because this is a journey. User experience is a journey. The Another thing about the folks who say, oh, you can learn UX in six months. One of the things that I've noticed in observing people who buy into that mindset is that a lot of them, not, not everybody, but a lot of them, they feel that when they finish that, that six months, they feel that they've arrived. And I have encountered a lot of people who have graduated from boot camps. Most, mostly those are the ones that I most find who do something like this. People who go through a university program don't have this mindset. They understand there's more of an investment there. There's a completely different persona. The person who goes to university and the person that goes to, to a boot camp and, and asterisk, I did talk to shout out to everybody in South Africa. Um, they do boot camps differently there. So when I'm uh, shooting down the boot camps, I'm speaking more about here in the United States and there's some other places too, but they don't have a lot of people don't have access to university and some people they can't afford to go. So when, when we're talking about boot camp, uh, I'm making a general statement. When I say that I'm not talking about all, I want to make sure that people are clear about that. But back to my point, a lot of people I have encountered who have gone through a boot camp they behave as if they've gone through a doctoral program and and they behave as if they are experts. I mean, I'm talking people who just graduated like a month ago, six months ago, a year ago, uh, really just got their first job. I've come across, if you're not one of those people, thank God, okay? You're not one of those people, but I'm still telling you what I've seen. And please don't be like some of the folks I've encountered in social media that, they haven't seen it, therefore it is not true. That's extremely arrogant uh, and it's extremely biased. I'm telling you what I've seen. I consider what everybody says. I talk to people all over the world. I've seen a lot and I have encountered a lot of people who have graduated from boot camps. And I find that it is extremely interesting that they are very resistant to expert voices. They are on average actually more than average, but again, I mean, I've encountered somewhere in the vicinity of maybe 60, 70s. My sample set is about 60 or 70 people. Uh, and I have only found one who was remotely interested in hearing expert voice who will give someone who's been practicing UX for a longer period of time, the time of day that this kind of, Hey, I'm at the pinnacle. I graduated from boot camp. People who graduate with a degree from a university don't have that kind of attitude. So I don't understand where that comes from. But if you want to be a UXer today, humility is something that you're going to need. If you're going to excel, there are a lot of people today, that microwavable mindset that I talked about. I see people all over the place who are... They've been doing UX for two years and they're seniors. They've been doing UX for two years and not even two. I recently saw a person that was a lead product designer and they haven't been doing UX, but maybe a year and a half and, and don't even understand any of the principles. 
I talk about the four pillars on this on this podcast from time to time. I've talked about it and delivering talks in other places. And I know of people that know nothing about any of the four pillars. They just sit in a room when it comes to design. They just spew out. And I mean spew because that's really all it is. It's not design. Any idea that comes to mind, it's not vetted out. There's no research. They have no heuristics backing anything that they're saying. If you want to be a UXer, a genuine UXer, a real UXer, somebody that is going to bring value again, somebody who can not only bring value to the organization, you can bring value to your team members and help your team members to get better, help people around you to grow, help people in the organization to have a better understanding of what UX is, help drive victory for the discipline, not just yourself, not just yourself. This is going to take commitment, is going to take understanding. It's going to take humility. It's going to take passion. And, and then we go on the journey. Don't try to get to the pinnacle of your career in a year and a half. You can't get to the pinnacle of, of UX operation in a short period of time. Nobody can become a senior in two years. Nobody can. It's, it's impossible. No matter where a person works, you can't become a lead. You know how that goes, right? There's entry level. There's, a, well, there's associate. There's entry level. And a lot of times entry level is associate. And then you've got your mid-level, basically speaking here. Then you've got your seniors. And then you've got um, a principal. And then you've got lead. It usually goes in that direction. And But lead is the, that's the top of the food chain. How in the world does somebody get promoted to a lead position when they don't really have any experience? And here's another thing. You want to be a, good, a UXer? You want to be a good one? Make sure you acknowledge principles and people that have gone before you. A lot of people in UX today that are advancing at this light speed uh, give no credence to anybody who went before them. And I'm talking... Man, I don't, Jacob Nielsen, there was a somebody I know, one of my peers, was talking to a person and mentioned Don Norman, and the person said, who in the world is that, and why should I care? That's absolute insanity. <laughs> you want to be a UXer? Let's make sure that you got all your ducks in a row today. How about that? We're out of time today, folks, so thanks for listening. And again, this is your host of the World of UX, Darren Hood. Happy you actually, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.